2: Hey.
3: It's a Thursday, and it's uh, panning out to be just about what we expected this morning. I am at the uh, homestead doing my show today. I did not uh, make my way out. I live uh, in Cabot on uh, off of Highway 5 just after you go over the two big hills to get to Graystone, and uh, I do not uh, think that those are... Well, they're passable, let's put it that way, but treacherous. So, um, if I can do the this, this show from my house, and I got to make up my mind: do I do the show from my house? Do I drive on treacherous roads? I'll take. I'll do it from my house every day. Uh, if you have, and, and most people do a smartphone, uh, Google uh, i dot Arkansas and uh, get yourself set up on their i drive Arkansas app. And you can uh, see a lot of the same stuff that I'm seeing right now, which says 67.167 all the way uh, down from uh, Bald Knob. Let's see how far this goes. From Walnut Walnut Ridge all the way down uh, here to uh, Little Rock is snow-covered and ice-covered, and it is slow, very slow. Uh, In Cabot, if you're coming down I-5, not I-5, but if you're coming down 5, know that it's all red. That means that it is really treacherous. So be very, very careful, especially once you get past 89. So that area from 89 to 67.167 is red. So drive slowly in that area. Up in Conway, uh, looking uh, in just – East of Conway, I 40 is showing uh, that it's red, and in one area it's got the uh, infamous X, which means that it may be closed there once you get past Conway. Uh, so it's evidently very, very treacherous between Conway and Moralton. Uh Going over the bridge uh, at the River Bridge uh, on uh, 430. Uh, it's all ice covered, as you can probably expect. 40 is all ice covered. 440 is all ice covered. And uh, I-30 going through the city uh, and then towards uh, Pine Bluff is ice covered. And they're saying that it's very dangerous. Uh, there is a tractor trailer by uh, was it uh, Mabelville Road area uh, right before you get to Alexander, right around the 430 uh, split there. Uh, in the eastbound lane, and uh, it's got traffic really balled up uh, in that area. I just heard our traffic say that on 530, they had a wreck uh, down in that area, but it was off to the side. So anyway, if you're coming into the city today, go very slow. It is going to be very, very slick on the highways. Give yourself a lot more social distancing with those cars in front of you. You don't have to wear a mask in your car, okay? Uh, You don't have to do that, but give yourself plenty of distance to stop. Uh, If you're traveling in the state, once you get past the uh, Bryant area, uh, 30 looks to be pretty normal. Uh, If you're going east on I-40, it is nothing but a sheet of ice all the way to Memphis and beyond. Uh, Tennessee looks like they're getting hammered right now even more so so know about that uh, parts of uh, Mississippi uh, up to up the northern sections of it are been hammered but once you get past that it's uh, been basically a rain event in that area uh, I haven't um, I can look here real quickly let me get over to the Memphis area i55 is all snow covered uh, going. All the way up in Tennessee, Uh, 555 is snow-covered and ice-covered from Jonesboro down to Memphis. So, if you don't have to go out, here's my suggestion. Stay home. Just stay home. The guy who's uh, calling us from home right now is Seth Mays. He's with the Arkansas uh, GOP. JR won't make it with us today. How you doing, Seth?
4: Good morning, Dave. I am well. I, uh, like you, am calling from a different location than I normally do. I made the decision. I already knew I was going to be going home to see my parents this weekend. My dad has a birthday on Sunday. You've got one on Monday, Facebook tells me. That's right. I already knew I was going to be coming to Mansfield. That's where I'm originally from, on the western uh, part of the state. And so I kind of looked at the weather and thought, I might – Get out uh, yesterday uh, evening and make it on home now. Just to hunker down before all of this happened, I was looking on the weather app, and for your birthday Monday, it says Little Rock, uh, the low is going to be three degrees. Yeah, well, it's going to be cold. We have you beat. We have you beat in Mansfield. It says we're going to be at one degree. Wow, it's going to be cold. It's just it, mm-hmm.
3: there's some bitter cold coming behind this, and uh, that's that's pretty pretty bad to, to say say the least. All right, hey, Mark Lowry is or uh, State Representative Mark Lowry should be calling in any moment here, and uh, we can get him on with us. He was in front of the uh, House Education Committee, uh, I think uh, today is Thursday, Tuesday, and uh, was not welcomed, well, he was welcomed all right, but when it came down to people uh, voting towards what he wanted to do, uh, he, was, uh, he was met with the back of the hand of just about everybody. You know, he tried to uh, put a stop to the 1690 uh, 19 project being taught here in Arkansas, and I'm going to tell you right now, from what I understand, no school systems picked it up, but that doesn't mean school systems can't pick it up. And you know about this as much as I know about this, uh, uh, Seth. There's a bunch of errors in that, uh, quote, scholarshiply written uh, program. It's a bunch of balderdash, to be honest. And uh, Mark Lowry uh, was trying to put a stop to it, and uh, they wouldn't put a stop to it. See, this is where I have a problem with what's going on in in the state legislature. This is uh, they're minor. They're majoring on minor stuff at times, and and the major stuff they're not even paying attention to, really. To be honest with you, and we'll talk about some more stuff coming up here. But uh, uh, State Rep uh, Lowry will be joining us here momentarily, and then at six thirty-five, Kenny Wallace is going to be with us. He's been out, you know, following the uh, General Assembly video. uh, Got his video camera out there. Got a lot of stuff that's going on in the uh, the meetings. And yesterday they had a big vote about special elections. And again, again, it was defeated. And a lot of, of uh, Republicans, including my local uh, state rep, uh, voted to uh, against passing it. So I'm going to be giving Mr. I think that's uh, Davis, if I'm not mistaken, uh, giving him a, a, an email asking him why evidently the school superintendent got to him because that's what I'm hearing from people, Seth. School superintendents don't want special elections to go away. Uh, they want to have them because they know that passing millages many times is a lot easier when you've got the ability to call a special election. Those kinds of things are things that bother me. That's going on and tells me we still got a few more steps to do here in in Arkansas uh, uh, to really get us on the conservative side of the of the red
4: scale. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, Dave. I would say broadly, kind of taking a thirty thousand foot view on this. When you look at some of the pieces of legislation. That have been stalled, be it stands Your Ground or Special Elections or the 1619 project. I think the main concern uh, for each of those legislators, all who were, you know, those are different bodies, be it on the yeah. floor or in committee. Uh, it seems most of those legislators are responsive in a couple of instances, as you note, school teachers and superintendents, both on the 1619 project and um, on on the millage for special elections seems to be responsive to those constituents of theirs, which in making an argument for representative government, there's something to be said for legislators, you know, who are listening to their local folks. But I have to imagine they're also local folks, or maybe they're not local folks who are pushing back the other way. One thing the Democrats do uh, that Republicans don't Uh, is just bug the blank out of legislators on everything. About any piece of legislation, there are Democrats who will just sit in the Capitol all day long or sit at home I don't guess they're working. They'll sit at home and just live stream absolutely every committee meeting, and they will send around the phone numbers of all the legislators, and they will text them incessantly. And they'll send it to a group of their 20 people who will do that. And if you looked at the percentage of people who are contacting legislators, I would probably say regardless of the makeup of the district, as Republican as it may be, probably even the most Republican Representative legislator is getting more texts from Democrats, more phone calls, more emails, people calling the Capitol switchboard and leaving a message, you know, for them uh, than they hear from Republicans. And that makes it hard sometimes when you think the voice in your district is telling you one thing, but it's probably not, to be honest with you. And and there's that silent majority factor uh, at play. And I think Mark would tell you he, he could probably – explain it better than I, uh, that balancing act, right? If you feel that, uh, you know, for instance, the 1619 Project, which, as you noted, uh, just has a lot that is wrong with it, not to mention the writer, Nicole Hannah-Jones, doesn't even admit to the thesis (laughs) that we were founded in 1619. I mean, she's walked back from that point. Uh, it, It doesn't even promulgate that because of obvious flaws that Representative Lowry pointed out. Uh, There's a clear reason to be against it, but there's sort of a conservative, representative, Republican, small-R Republican way of thinking uh, that the state should not dictate what should be decided at the local level in the same way that we don't want the federal government dictating to the state how the state should act. And I'd be very interested to get uh, Mark's point of view on that. Um, He could explain it far better than I just attempted to anyways.
3: Okay. Well, I just uh, texted Mark and told him to give, give us a call in. Hopefully we'll have him when we come back, but we got uh, our first break right now. I want to talk to everybody about retirement like I do each day, try to impress upon them that you need to make uh, decisions about your retirement, and you've got to be asking the pertinent questions about how do you prepare for retirement and not get off the rails somewhere along the line because you don't want to be in retirement and then all your money runs out and you don't have any money and you're retired and let's say you're 85 years old. I don't think you really want to, you know, be a welcomer at Walmart if you don't have to be. So uh, I need you to think about that. And David Lucas wants you to think about that. And he has a, uh, a special, a brochure that you can get a a hold of. Just go to his website, davidlucasfinancial.com, and you'll see the brochure, and uh, you can get a copy of that brochure, and it's got about 31 questions in it, and hopefully you can answer all of them. Uh, If you can't, perhaps you need to make an appointment to go over and visit with David Lucas and his associates and make sure that your financial uh, strategy is a sound one so uh, why don't you since a lot of you are going to be at home why don't you make that phone call and do that today just go to davidlucasfinancial.com all right 23 minutes after six again uh, the big news story this morning is the roads are treacherous outside if you can do your work from home do it from home Uh, Don't get out on those highways. Uh, It's going to be cold most of the day. It's going to take a while for the highways to recover. Uh, If you're wanting to travel in the state and you're wanting to go east, don't. All right, those roads are really ice-encrusted, and they're going to be tough to get by. Uh, Around the Conway area, I-40, is uh, if it's not real, real slow, it's absolutely at a standstill because uh, the roads are so uh, covered with ice and uh, the sleet that we got overnight. Uh, if you can get past the Benton Bryan area and get south of there, uh, that's pretty normal. At least by the IDOT website, it's green. So you can make your way that <laughs> way. So uh, keep all that in mind uh, as you get out and about. There was a tractor-trailer accident uh, just before or right around the Alexander area, so uh, be care- uh, ca- uh, careful on the eastbound side because uh, uh, some some tra- uh, tractor trailers tied it up. All right, I understand that uh, House Representative Mark Lowry has uh, given us a call. He's with us right now. Uh, Mark, Seth Mays is with us as well. It's good to have you with us. Explain to me why your your uh, you know bill about 1619 here in Arkansas Uh, Was met with such resounding uh, uh, stop by Republicans.
5: Well, uh, Dave, uh, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I'm late calling in. It's all right. Um, You know, the issue. A lot of the issues came down, and I, frankly, you know, I think sometimes um, legislators hide behind some issues that you know they think they can explain and get away from because there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, emails, phone calls organized by uh, the the AEA and by frankly, uh, some of it was even by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Um, But the bottom line was that legislators voted against it because uh, they think local control was being uh, violated. Uh, that the legislature should not be overriding uh, the the authority of uh, local school boards and even the teacher in the classroom uh, of making decisions about curriculum.
3: Okay, so they don't see what has gone on across the United States where a lot of school systems, uh, you know, they'll say, well, yeah, we understand there's a lot of... Uh, problems with the 1619 project but we we'd like to be able to make our own decision about uh, about teaching well I think that's balderdash I mean so much of that and you know this because you've read this uh, material you had Iverson Jackson talk about it he's read it it's a pack of lies it's there's no there's no scholarship to it to be uh, to be honest and, right. and 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 they're out and they're out defending it. That makes me
5: worried. Well, it, it worries me too. And uh, of course, I think the uh, uh, the seal on on the vote going the way it did was uh, the Department of Education, Johnny Key coming to the end of the table and uh, making uh, opposing the bill. Uh, and again, his, his, uh, main argument was local control, uh, that the curriculum decisions should be made at the local level. Uh, I pointed out in my opening statement that it, it, that it's not a new thing for the legislature to, uh, to get, get involved with curriculum. We did it with, frankly, we've done it with requiring computer coding. Uh, we required the teaching of cursive writing. We required personal finance, uh, and, and we've mandated other things. Now, obviously, this is a, a different situation because you're actually not requiring something. You're banning something. Uh-huh. And that was, I guess, the other issue that came up is the, uh, you know, that we were, were censoring uh, free speech and, and academic freedom for, for teachers. Also, I, I've no, really wait, believed, let me let me
3: just stop. You, yeah. did, did any teachers come forward and say that they thought that uh, <laughs> Project 1619 was a good piece of, uh, of uh, education? Did any of them defend it as actually, being good stuff?
5: Actually, of all the witnesses that came forward speaking against the bill, I don't think that there was a single teacher that spoke in favor of it. Um, They were, you know, there were activists uh, with different organizations. Uh, Now, the president of the Arkansas State Teachers Association did speak against it. Um, Oh, good. Yeah. AEA actually did not appear at the end of the table, but I know that they were involved in, in actually spurring a lot of the the phone calls and the emails mm, and okay. you know the thing that concerned me the most was just some of the vile and profane communications that i received and i know other members did too all right uh, well <laughs> i gotta i gotta jump in we're out of time mark
3: uh i i'll get you back on next week i want to continue this discussion okay
5: Okay, sorry, I I was late coming in.
3: That's all right. That's no problem. We forgive you, and you can come back. All right. All right. right. Thank you. House Rep. uh, Mark Lowry here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Seth is with me. We'll be back after the news. All right. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, According to the Daily Citizen up in Searcy, the unofficial uh, results from Searcy's special election on Tuesday were as following. Uh, Capital improvements for 701 votes, against, uh, hold on, my phone just jumped on me, against, uh, we're looking at 1,235, so that was defeated 63.7% to 36.2%. Extension and renewal of the 1% tax for 881 votes, or 45.58%, against 1,052 or 54.42 percent, so um, the extension renewal failed. So that's uh, what happened, uh, uh, something that happened with a special election that uh, helped the taxpayers. That's kind of a a great thing, but I want you to hear how many people voted in that election. This is what bothers me when you do special elections. There was only 1,939 people who voted in that uh, particular election. I'd I'd really like to get in there and take a look and see how many people took part in the presidential election last November versus the special election that happened. But uh, the final uh, results is that capital improvements failed and the extension and renewal of the 1% tax failed as well. So there's a special election that did not do what uh, they were hoping to. I will tell you this, and, Kenny, you know about this as well. Seth, you do too. Somewhere along the line here in about uh, two months, they'll probably d- decide they need to have another special election on this again and uh, take it in front of the people and keep taking it in, f- in front of the people until they pass it. That's the
1: problem with special elections. Exactly. Today, uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, I've decided to stay home today Don't blame uh, I you the uh, uh, sheets of snow and ice that are right in front of my house um, yeah it's, it's taxation by attrition is one of the things I used to call it. Uh, I think the city of Sheridan had four of these things within a span of three years from an event center. And what these local municipalities or school districts do is they, they claim an emergency and they often will let things fall apart that they should have repaired in the first place. And then they say, oh, we have to have a tax increase. And then at the same time, they give themselves outrageous salaries and uh, pet projects. There's actually another one for Mountain Home happening March 9th of this year. Um, they're going to try to sneak in a, temp- uh, a 1% sales tax, half of which is supposed to go toward uh, repay a $38.6 million bond, and then the other half is supposed to go to Parks and Recreation, their parks department. Oh, um, Lord. And, and, and then, of course, we all know what happens. They'll claim they need the money. Uh, if if a, no- a group of activists get together and, and defeat the tax increase, they'll go right back at it again. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's cowardice. It's, it's not local control it's not it's not for it's something they need in case of emergency. It's a bunch of cowardly uh, local officials that don't want to govern
3: okay and, with, that, uh, with, with that in mind take us to the uh, the floor of the house yesterday uh, when David Ray's bill was being voted on about ending special elections and uh, having elections either on a primary day or a general election day. And, uh, and what were the people saying when they spoke from the floor?
1: Well, the overall, they had about four or five uh, state representatives go up and speak regarding this. Uh, there was only, I believe, one who spoke against it, Representative Wooten, and he made the claim that they have to have this these special elections or to save their schools and libraries and settle to deal with these bonds. And he basically admitted that they have to deceive the voters. They have to minimize voter turnout uh, in order to have these projects, uh, which begs the question, why do we really need them? Uh, most of the legislators, Representative Lowry was, uh, who you had on earlier, spoke in favor of the bill. Um, and of course, David Ray uh, was the first to speak. He spoke uh, uh, Eloquently about how this is a this disenfranchises military and people overseas because they don't have they don't know uh, that it's often happening. Uh, he talked about how this uh, these type of special, scam special elections, some of which are scheduled on things like Valentine's Day or a few days before the election, will have you know single digit voter turnout. Um, and he also talked about how Arkansas is on its way to being the, the highest tax in terms of state and local tax when you add it all up. In oh, addition yeah. to our income tax, we're on our way to be number one. And it's embarrassing because we have a Republican supermajority. We're supposed to have a Republican uh, for a governor. And, um, you know, our feckless governor's too busy trying to push for hate crimes legislation. I think he was part of sabotaging this bill uh, along with some others. Um, and, at, and, at, and at the very least, his silence is deafening regarding this. Well, uh, y- there was some. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go ahead and finish up. Yeah, uh, there was a representative, Howard Beatty, who uh, was eventually said he was against this bill, but then changed his mind. Uh, We did get a lot of activists who made phone calls, emails, uh, may have talked to some representatives in person. But, of course, we can't uh, overcome the taxpayer-funded lobbyist in the uh, Education and Municipal League, all these leftist mayors and superintendents. and just seemed to still control uh, the Republican Party, and so it ended up being forty six, forty six, and one present, and it needed, uh, I believe, a majority to pass. So they needed at least fifty one. I believe so. And so what I did is I, I made a list of it. I put it on my Fundly account. Um, uh, of course, I have multiple accounts. I put a video of it as well. Uh, my Fundly account's film and live stream conservative activists in, uh, in Arkansas. And, of course, Rumble had the video of it. It's on Keep Arkansas Legal there, as well as YouTube, YouTube Gab. And I had it on Parler, but Parler's, as I understand, still down. But you can look there and see the list. And uh, Brian Evans from Cabot's, the first guy on the list that there, I put a two on there because they had this vote on uh, the 4th of February, and most of these people, the same ones, that either voted against it or were a non-vote, which is the same thing. Um, some of them are really disappointing to me. Marsh Davis, for instance, I actually did some door-to-door for him years ago. Uh, Linda Collins-Smith had me come up there to have him run against a Democrat up there in North Arkansas. Um, Mike Holcomb, who's the representative where my fiance is at in Star City, voted against it the last time, both times. Um, And, you know, some of these people they just need to be primaried and and kicked out of office or, you know, they don't some of them probably don't like Joe Jett. They never were part of the Republican Party anyway. They need to just switch to Democrat and take you know that Rhino Jim Hendren with him. But um <laughs> uh, some, you know, this is this is just embarrassing. Uh Matthew Shepard, I believe he he was a non-vote. He tried to kill the bill from even being considered by uh, claiming the voice vote was against it. Um and so it's it's looking like the you know this we sh- we can't be having this with a Republican supermajority. I mean we 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 dominate this state. We need to have this. We need to you know, have some kind of relief regarding our taxes, especially now with the China virus. Uh, and this and we need to stop this myth of local control. There's no local control. They didn't, there was no local control regarding this transgender athletes and going in the girls' locker room. There's no local control regarding uh, you know goals 2000 or any other indoctrination stuff that's already been uh, thrown down to us by the Department of Education. Uh, And again, if they really want that kind of local control, then then we can deny them state funds, just like if they want to have a sanctuary city and give it to, you know, municipalities or schools uh, that want to be Americans. All right
3: let me get let me get Seth to come in here Seth is there is there a move do you believe now uh, you know the Republicans have had a majority now this is the second general session that we've had a a decided uh, uh, majority uh, do you think that now what is happening there's really a fight for the principles of Republican Party, and you know, we just had, uh, of course, Kenny talk about local mayors, local this, local that. Uh, Janelle, the new chairman or chairwoman of the Arkansas GOP, when she was on my show, she said that's where the battle is now, it's at the grassroots level. And I think that shows that right here. Would you agree?
4: Yeah, I definitely think that's the direction uh, we're moving in. A couple things I would caution against it makes it harder to win people to your side and to win the day when you impugn their motives and call them cowards and feckless, I often give legislators the benefit of the doubt and the reasons that they give. And if I doubt those reasons, then I'll follow up with them to to find out personally what the reason is. So I just caution against making broad statements as though we have ESP and can get in the head of those folks that, that cite those reasons. I don't doubt at all that they heard from the folks that they say they heard from. And this is a battle of moving the ball down the field. And, and sometimes you have to live to fight another day, and that includes taking a longer view of many of these issues. I think David Ray's bill is an issue um, that we will get past because we moved the ball forward from where it was. And, in fact, the vote to reconsider before the actual vote was an outright majority. So folks are willing to take this issue back up. Now of course naturally some of those that voted to reconsider still voted no but I think we can win more people when we make convincing arguments but I don't think name calling which I see a lot from the left do when they send these mails and texts to uh legislators I don't think that wins the day as Mark Lauer. Okay we
3: may have lost uh, Seth we'll we'll try to get him back so well- I wasn't
4: calling any of the legislators like a sizable name. number. In fact, a majority of the Republicans uh, in the Push House are split one way or another on this bill. Okay.
3: So, I think are you, I cut. think we lost Seth. So we'll bring Seth back after the break. Let me finish up, though, with, with you, Kenny. Uh, you know, I did have Jonelle on, who is the chairwoman of the Arkansas GOP, and she said the battle now is at the grassroots level with getting control of city governments and getting control of the quorum courts and, and changing the way things are being done uh, on the, the very local level. And I, I guess you and I have worked so hard on the state level now, we've got to get uh, into the minutia and get down on the – the very, very local level. Although I will say, yeah, you have exactly. been very, you've been very, uh, you know, you've worked very hard on all these special elections. You've yeah, I've defeated campaigned against three
5: of the,
1: uh, Yeah, I've campaigned against six of them. I've won three uh, using local conservative activists, uh, including one here in North Little Rock. Um, yeah, I wasn't calling any of the representatives on these uh, cowards or feckless, but the ones who are scheduling these tax increases, these Chamber of Commerce and superintendents and mayor types, yeah, I was referring to them. And, they, I mean, they are leftists. They're leftists as Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, uh, or, or Hillary Clinton. And, they yeah, you know, we definitely need to target and vote them out of office as well. But uh, some of these state reps, let's be honest, like Joe Jet especially, and Jim Hendren and others—they just don't belong in the Republican Party. I mean, at some point, you know, they're they're always pro-tax, they're they're anti-gun, they're they're, you know, what are they doing here? And you know, some of these representatives—they've done a lot of good on a lot of things, uh, but they at least need to be considered to have a somebody primary them. Um, one is. You know, Dwight Tosh, who's up in Jonesville, I know they have a very active Tea Party there who actually defeated a, a stupid tax regarding a water park not too long ago. And of mm-hmm. course they they're the ones that beat out uh, kicked out John Cooper. So um that's something to at least consider. But you know, when I called these representatives, I was very respectful. I did talk to a few of them. Uh, one of them said it needed to be amended to have, you know, several days during the year where these these municipalities and school uh, school districts could have a tax increase. And no. I said, no, these people are making too much money. Uh, we've all t- taken a pay cut. They need to suck it up. Some of these superintendents, they make 10, 15 times, you know, up to 10 times what the average of their, the people that work in there make. I mean, it's just ridiculous in terms of uh, what how much, what we're dealing with. All right, Kenny,
3: when I want to talk about this, you're the man. You and I get on this, and we can talk about it, can't we? We've been in the trenches Absolutely. and fighting these things. Uh, good good news up in Searcy. They defeated on a special election. They defeated a couple of things up there. And with that said, I'll let you go. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, stay All off right. the highways, brother. <laughs> I plan to. Take All right. Today. Talk to you later, Kenny. All right. Kenny here on the Dave Ellswick show, and uh, he does a lot of great work for us. Hey, don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Uh, you want to go visit Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, and uh, uh, today might not be the day, but you can you know you can give them a call. You can talk to Eric over there. You can tell him what it is that uh, you know you're looking for, so that you can get uh, him uh, get that special person in your life that special piece of jewelry you want for them for Sunday. Let me say that again, Sunday, Valentine's Day. You'll want to take care of that now while you can. Call him at 501-246-3655. 501-246-3655. Talk to Eric and uh, ask him, you know, tell him what you got to spend where you like to keep the price point at, and I'm sure he has something that will fit in for you and he'll try to I'm sure try to get to his uh, uh, his business today. He can do things like he can uh, send you pictures and stuff of that nature. Smartphones are really good for all of that. All right, we'll take a a break. Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, by the way, is located 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard right here in Little Rock. Dave Ellswick Show. Seth and I will finish it up when we come back when uh, we get through this break and pay some bills. All right, we're about seven minutes from uh, 7 o'clock again. If uh, you're just rising, you turned on the radio, you're trying to say, well, Dave, what's going on with the highways? They're covered with ice, all right? And uh, I I went to a website just a moment ago that uh, does, I think, a little bit better than even IDOT does, and there are some real areas that, as you're traveling, might be passable, but then you get to these other small areas, and you're going to be creeping along the highway. Uh, if you could do your job from home, do so. stay home today It's cold out and it is ice encrusted roads all around Little Rock up here at the Cabot area down to the Benton area out west it's all the way from Little Rock to the Mississippi River. It is all ice covered and until if you're if you're going westbound uh, until you get uh, a little ways outside of Conway, uh, there are areas of I-40 that may not even be passable, just so you'll be a, a aware of that. All right, Seth Mays is with me. He's from the Arkansas GOP. Uh, let you know that coming up after the news at top of the hour, uh, Duck and Joe, Uh, Cannot be with us today live, but we're going to play one of their best of shows, uh, answering questions about cars. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick show. So keep that in mind. And then tomorrow, Robert Steinbach and uh, Chris Corbett will be with us. Uh, French Hill will be with us at 7 o'clock and join us. Matt Smith will be with us. At 7.30, talking about over the weekend, you might want to get out in the cold weather and go see a movie. Uh, the roads are going to get better, but uh, the weather, as far as the temperature goes, is going to drop. The bottom is going to drop out. I saw where Monday it's going to be in the single digits here uh, around uh, Little Rock. So keep that in mind. Uh, and with wind conditions, that would be really bitter outside. So might want I'll tell you what I did yesterday. I bought a big old chicken. And I bought me uh, some Bisquick, and I'm making chicken and dumplings today. Just so you know, you got to have something to stick to your ribs, and that's hot. That's what you got to have. All right, so Seth, let's go back and, and let's talk about again what the chairwoman of the Arkansas GOP has said. You know, we have a supermajority in the state house and in the uh, the state senate. Uh, there are some members of the Republican Party that need to be challenged about, uh, I believe, what they believe the uh, uh, planks are in our party and living up to those planks in our party, about smaller government, things of that nature. Those are things that we can deal with uh, as we need, need to. But the real battle now, uh, Doyle did a great job of, of getting us where we are in the House and the Senate. Now it's time where those little enclaves are blue are at in city government, and in and, uh, in, uh, you know, your local governments, your quorum courts, your school boards and whatnot, that you put people in there that are solidly, uh, you know, conservative Republicans. And that's where she says she's going to put her time into. And that was a, a great uh, uh, point made by her on my show a few weeks back. I got to get her back on. So I'll call you later on. Uh, maybe today or t- or tomorrow, and say, when can we get her on? So uh, you tell me. I mean, is this, is this for real? Is she going to put the time in necessary with the grassroots?
4: Well, we are, and it's something that we have to do. You know, the Democrats have an organization, which I just find absolutely hilarious. It's called Run for Something. I have never found a more uninspiring name than Run for Something. Anything, please, come on, folks. But that is an organization that seeks to simply just put a Democrat candidate in every race. The theory being, somebody's going to get through. If we all run for something, one of us will break through. And in fact, in this most recent cycle, the Democrats had a candidate for a, for a uh, quorum court seat up in Northwest Arkansas. And this person, she had run for state rep before and lost in a, a blowout, uh, but they ran her for a lower level seat and were able to really mobilize behind her. And they really had so few victories in the state. The only seat they flipped was Jim Sorvillo's, which, of course, was a month, two-month process was drug out. So on election night, they didn't know that. But they won this one quorum court seat. And you would have thought they moved to Tampa Bay and won the Super Bowl. (laughs) I mean, they were over the moon that this person won that quorum court seat. Why? Well, she may have gotten blown out in that state rep race the cycle before, but now she has a title. And now she's a policymaker where the rubber really meets the road. And so they have now a foot in. And that's, I think, their motto moving forward is put a Democrat in every race, no matter what it is. And that was the Doyle Webb farm team line of thought. And so we're going to have to match that moving forward.
3: All right. Seth Mays, thank you so much for your time. Stay warm, my friend. I'll be in touch. You too. we'll get the chairwoman on here on the show in the upcoming weeks. We appreciate you, Seth. Have a good day, bud. All right. Seth Mays here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget tomorrow, Robert Steinbach, Chris Corbett, Congressman French Hill, and, of course, Matt Smith from the local movie theaters, all on the Dave Ellswick Show. the seven o'clock hour uh joe is here from joe's garage joe sharp and he's going to spend the hour with us he'll take your car questions at 823-0965, 823-0965. duck is not here today he's a little under the weather he's taking care of some things he'll be back with us hopefully next week uh if I count the days right, he should be here next week. Oh yeah, hey, I'm, I'm sure he will. Dave. Get him back, get him back in here, and and let him uh, uh, help those diesel truckers out there. Sure, because he does a lot for those guys. Unbelievable what the work that he does uh, for the, the big eighteen wheelers out there. So eight two three zero nine six five is the local number. Eight two three zero nine six five. Your opportunity to call in and say, hey, I'm having this problem or that problem. What do you think it might be? And uh, Joe will try to help you out with it. We'll start off with a 1996, and that's an old car now. I know it's hard to believe when I say 1996. We're talking 20-odd years ago. But a 1996 Toyota 4Runner SR5 six-cylinder 3.4-liter engine. And here's what the guy says Uh, Joe, I have recently been having issues with the battery light coming on and going off intermittently. I tested the alternator and battery, and they are both good. I smell a burning motor electrical odor and assumed it was the alternator. While inspecting the wires tonight to see if there, there was anything messed up, I noticed part of the relay box was melted. After opening it, the wire coming into the relay box was burnt, and the ABS relay fuse was burnt. The ALT fuse looks visibly okay at this point. Any idea of what might be the cause and the remedy for this?
6: Well, the a- the ABS being burned up, That the analog brake system has got a what they call a hydraulic pump on it. And I'm sure that that pump drawed too many amps and probably is what melted the relay in the box. Okay. Because every time you start that car, it does a self-test. It runs that pump. So either that relay got hot because of a contact issue or not plugged in good or a little water intrusion and melted, but most likely the pump motor by the age of the vehicle tells me the pump motor is probably bad. Okay. A uh, remedy for that is, would be one, to uh, replace the fuse relay center. going to have to do that because it's melted. And then number two, you know, you have cause and effect. The melted box is the effects of something drawing too many amps. So I'm gonna say probably end up having to replace the analog
3: unit. Okay. Yeah.
6: Does that, that mean and, you and gotta go in maybe
3: and replace the whole fuse box?
6: Oh absolutely, yeah. There's no there's no pieces to put in there. It's all or nothing.
3: Okay. Uh, that
6: age vehicle, twenty six years old, chances of getting a new one are probably slim to none. So he's probably gonna be at the salvage yard somewhere trying to purchase a used one.
3: And be calling Sonny's. Yeah most likely <laughs> yeah. there, i'm going to tell you what that comes in handy i've used sunny's a lot i mean got a motor through him got transmission through him okay. all kinds of stuff
6: now that particular vehicle is is what they call a a, a very good vehicle because that's why they're still out there today uh, people covet those because of their longevity and toughness i promise you that's an excellent vehicle but He's got issues and he's got to deal with it, so.
3: You got to make a decision then. Yep. Do you keep it or do you sell it? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my my thoughts on that. Today is Thursday.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Monday, I went to Arkansas Credit Union and I paid my car off. All right. So now I own my car. All right. Mm-hmm. It's over 10 years old. I I own my car now. I'm I'm happy that yeah. that's the case. And uh, I was talking to the missus, and she says, well, what do you want to get now and to replace it with? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't want to replace it at all. Now you got to think, I'm thinking of it this way, and, and there's a lot of other people that are thinking the same way I am, I believe. I believe Joe thinks this way, too. To go out and buy a new Acadia would be really expensive yes okay and and I mean, it was expensive when I bought this one. I bought it the second year that it was on market uh, Katie it was I bought it in 2010 I think it came out in 2009 and uh it was over six hundred dollars a month for the car payment. If I had to do it over, I wouldn't have done it that way. I'll be honest with you, yeah, I got swept up in the emotion of it. Yeah. Went out and drove it and fell like in love with it. A new car fever. Yeah. Fell in love with it when I drove it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I uh, turned around and uh, with that car, and I've driven it now for, it's going on 11 years, at the end of, uh, in the middle of next month. And I'm, I'm of the opinion that why do I want a car payment? And they said, well, Dave, it's going to break down. Yeah, it'll break down, but even if I spend $2,000, to fix it i still am going to be ahead at the end of the year because i'm not paying as much as i would monthly for a new car payment for the most part
6: if you pay 600 a month total of those payments at the end of
3: 12 months at seventy two hundred dollars you can and do a lot of repairs for seventy two hundred you better believe it and i like the car mm-hmm. you know there's one thing i need to get fixed i kissed one of the poles the poles down yeah. here in the parking garage and and I got a right front quarter panel needs to be fixed. I'll get to that. Or maybe I won't. I don't know. I'm kind of gotten used to it now. <laughs> but the bottom line is I can save a lot of money by just holding on to that car and keeping it running. Sure. And you do a good job of fixing it. Yes sir, I do my best. You know that. Yep. And it gets it gets done. So, you know, that's the question that you always got to ask. And here's here's my other thing. If you don't, if you want to make a a true decision, don't do it by walking on the uh, the new car lot and driving a couple of cars and say, well, what do I think about this and what do I think about that? Because they'll always make you say, yeah, I'd like to have this.
6: I get that question asked to me a lot, Dave, and I've answered it before. I don't have the answer for everybody about whether to, you know, a major repair on a car, two, three, four thousand dollars, whatever it is. Maybe it's multiple repairs than a accumulation of b three right. or four thousand dollars, and 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 I always tell folks that. So what do you what would you do? I said it does not matter what I would do. What would you do? There's Twenty ways to look at. It. I don't know what's right for you. And I give them a few scenarios. You know, I say you know you payment is this much a month. You're going to spend this much on it. If you Decide to fix it. What's, you know, a lot of times a car will come in and they'll have a engine failure on it, and I don't get to drive the vehicle. So I don't know what kind of condition the rest of it's in. How's the transmission shifting? How's the rear end sound? How is this working, that working? If the engine won't run, there's a lot of things you can't check. Can't check the air conditioning system. Can't check the charging system. You know, the power steering. And things go on and on. So you have to rely and, and talk to the customer and say, well, what all have you had done in the past? mm mm-hmm. And then I can help them make a decision about whether or not they need to spend that money. And, yes, there's been times I told them, I said, no, I can look at the condition of this vehicle just by looking at it and say, you don't want to spend this money on it. And it's time to get, like, get something different or new. And Because I don't want to take their money and them feel like that I took advantage of them and talked them into it because I don't want to. And the first thing I tell them, if you want shiny and new, go buy it. This is never going to be shiny and new again. I can make it start and run go down the road forever. But it's going to look just the way it looks right now.
3: Well, mine if, doesn't look bad. I mean, that's the key. My car looks okay. I'm, well, sure. I'm, you're happy for with that it. Yeah. Front right order panel.
6: <laughs> and, and so I try and help folks make good decisions about whether or not they should spend the money. And, you know, the, the biggest thing out there, just remember, and this goes for everybody, if you go buy a new car. There is sales tax involved in that. Yes. And a lot of times the price of the sales tax is two or three thousand dollars. And if your repair on your car and it's in good condition is less than two grand, you probably ought to fix it if it's paid for. Because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna spend that on sales tax. And and I tell folks right up front, if you pay sales tax state Arkansas, nobody knows where your money went. If you pay me to fix it, at least you know I earned it.
3: Yeah, well, that, and and that's the key of, of what we're talking here. You, if if a car has been maintained, and this is why another point of this, get yourself a technician in a shop that you go to all the time because they enter it in to the computer, and you'll have a list of all the repairs and everything sure. that's been taken care of uh, for your automobile, and and you'll you'll know and make sure you do those oil changes on time and uh, the rotations on time. There's some responsibility that goes into owning an automobile and will keep you out of a lot of trouble if you do those things. If you don't
6: maintain a new one and if and you have an engine failure from lack of oil changes, it don't matter whether the engine's 10 years old or two weeks old, if you don't maintain it. You're going to wear it out sooner than what you should have, and, and it's going to fail. So, you, you know, you just kind of remember that even if you buy a new one, maintenance is not covered under the warranty. Tires and brakes and oil changes. Well, a lot of places, they say they give you free oil changes. There's nothing free. That was all folded in. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Absolutely.
6: So just remember all right. that, that factory warranty doesn't cover maintenance items.
3: All right. Just, just some words to the wise and – uh, you who are out there that probably are over forty have already thought about those things. You who are under forty are learning about those things, and so we're trying to give you some good advice here. Yes. All right. Eight two three zero nine six five. That's the number. Eight two three zero nine six five. Breaking news just now: Cloris Leachman has passed away. She was ninety four years old. Mm-hmm. So she had a good life. Yes. All right. Just so you know, and she was a great actress, no doubt about that burst on the scene in the mary tyler moore show Mm -hmm. and uh, so she's passed on now all right let's get a break in uh while we got a time to talk about it we're talking about repairs to your automobile uh, or to your pickup truck or to your diesel uh bottom line joe you are a bumper to bumper certified service center you use the parts that you get from bumper to bumper there's a reason why you use those parts
6: well, they're quality parts, Dave, and, and that our program offers a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty parts and labor nationwide. Uh, you know, they have a big distribution center here in Little Rock, and uh, Bumper to Bumper is, is a fantastic company. They're privately owned, uh, you know. it's uh, It's been around for 100 years, Dave. They okay. Just, they just had their 100th anniversary a couple of years ago and so you want to you want to buy parts from folks that know and th- that you know and you trust they're not going to go away shortly and they're going to be here forever these guys are here you know and if i need to talk to one of them i can pick the phone up and call vice president president of the company and have a one-on-one conversation and uh, that means a lot you know it, it, it really does and uh, in today's world with the corporate and stuff most of the time you're you're going through a phone tree and you never get to, to talk to the man at the top. Well, I can talk to the man at the top, yeah, and and voice my concerns and and you know there's a remedy fix there and he takes care of it and it's done and that's the way it happens, Dave. That's uh-huh. why we're in bed with those guys and and we want to share that with everybody that we work on their car at the certified service centers. That it's good folks. We do a good job and you know most certified service centers that I deal with here in the local area. We're all on the same page. We're all on this radio show with you. Yeah, you know, and uh, that means that we we share information, we share tools, we share uh, knowledge, and, and that it's not just one shop. But if you if you come into a local CSC shop, you're, you've got more than one shop backing you. And, and you know, the big thing about it is, and we preach this: we test, not guess. We having trouble diagnosing one. We pick up the phone and call some other guys. Say, "Hey, man, this is what I got going on. You ever seen that before?" So we share knowledge and and technical assistance, and and that means a lot because we test, not guess. And you know what that means at the end of the day, Dave?
3: They fix. They don't work on cars. We don't work on cars and trucks. We <laughs> fix cars and trucks. All right. We got to get a break in. We got a call coming in. 823 0965, the number to call, talk to Joe. Here on our time with him. Uh keeping your car in good working order. All right. Frank is in Bryant. Let's get to Frank and talk to him. Joe, here's Frank. Frank, how are you? What's your problem?
7: Hey Frank, what's up? Uh, I'm doing fine. I have a two thousand ten Santa Fe with eighty seven thousand miles. And it says in the manual to replace the serpentine belt at 90000 I Just give me a ballpark figure what that costs to have it replaced.
6: The belt and installed, you're probably going to spend around $100, $120. Okay. Uh, that's,
7: that's a good deal. Where are you at? <laughs> 5601
6: Crystal Hill Road, North Hutter Rock. If you're out there you're in North Benton. North you Rock. Yeah, okay. you were you, you in Benton, correct?
7: Bryant. Bryant? I'm uh, in mean Bryant, yeah.
6: Yeah, You can go over and see Duck at, 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 at his place, and he can do it for you, too. But you know the okay, belt's uh, about sixty bucks, and 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 that that interval is correct. It's it's seven years or ninety thousand miles, whichever occurs
7: first. Okay, all right. Also, uh, the other guys at Sullivan out on uh, yes, Cannon Hills, Ken can take He's care of you too. Yeah, okay.
3: yeah, he does all a right. good job as well. Ken's a good guy.
7: Okay. Anyway, one other question: Is there something uh, sort of? I'm of – where i can't leave the car and i can't do that something in one day or something or is that uh need to is I bet, overnight deal or
6: i bet you if you uh call you can uh bring it in make an appointment and wait on it while they do it it's about a okay it's about it's less than hour's job
7: oh, okay all right that's very good i appreciate your help
3: thank you frank all right thanks thank frank you. appreciate your call here an hour mm-hmm. less than an hour it took them almost a week to do my acadia just not not to just put a belt on it, Dave. Oh, okay. The
6: serpentine belt.
3: Oh, the serpent okay. Yes. Okay. That's, I was thinking that's a lot timing different than belt. timing chains. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whole lot different. I misunderstood. Yeah. I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> For the Acadia, I'm going to tell you what. you Get those changed. Yeah. Somebody said there's 3 of them on there. I heard there yes. are two, but there's three. No, there's three. Okay. And then you gotta get the tensioners and all of that. What else do you do you ask well, you
6: to help buy, people to get? You buy, fixed? you buy a timing chain component kit, which is the chains, the guides, the tensioners, the cam phasers and and all that, and it comes in a kit and you install it all. So
3: is that also the water pump is in that area and they say well, water if pump you on, open it? on
6: that engine is on the front of it, you can put the pump on when you do that as a maintenance item depending on, you know, the age and all that or the reason for the failure. But if it's already had one on it, you won't want to do that. Right. You know, kind of overkill. But we also look at all the drive belts on the front of it, too, as far as, you know, the serpentine belt and stuff like that, stuff you take off in the process of doing that job. And uh, if you see an issue with it or if it's an age-related thing, you go ahead and put that on because the labor's paid. You just have to buy the part.
3: Yeah, let's talk about that because a lot of people don't consider this, and that is if you're getting – look, if they're going to tear into your dash – take it out or they're mm-hmm. going to tear into your motor and take the whole front of your motor off basically then it just makes sense that you check everything out because if your car is 10 years or older probably age is something to take into consideration or if you got to change uh, you know plugs one plug goes bad you might want to look at all the plugs at that point
6: sure same thing with the ignition coils you know uh <clears throat> a lot of things on automobile yeah I've got multiple of like spark plugs, ignition coils, and so on and so on. If one of them fails because it's 10 years old or 120,000 miles on it or 130,000 miles, they're all the same age. If you put one on there, it's probably a good idea to go ahead and or get prepared to put another one on pretty quick or go ahead and do them all at the same time. And, yes, when you tune one up, you know, a tune-ups go today average. Most automobiles will go 100,000 miles before it's due for a tune-up. Right. But that doesn't mean that there are things in the interim that are tune-up related that don't need to be done. Like, for instance, when we do an oil service, we inspect the air filter and we clean the mass airflow sensor and we do periodic maintenance items on them and do a good job of inspecting everything to try and avoid a breakdown or a broke belt or whatever. But the average car, the rubber hoses and the belts on it will go 90,000 miles. Now, it's seven years or 90,000 miles. Right. That includes a timing belt. You can say, well, my wife don't ever drive that car. It ain't got but 30,000 miles on it, but it's 12 years old. It's way overdue for a belt, a timing belt, because the rubber in the belt dries out just like a tire. Tire's got a five- or six-year lifespan on a car. It's only got seven in a warehouse where it's never been put on. So you have to remember that you're going to age out sometimes. And it's time to replace those rubber products because of age, not because of mileage.
3: Yeah, I so. got gotcha. you. <clears throat> just like replacing things on us. Yeah,
6: well. <laughs>
3: it happens.
6: You, you can say, well, I've never done a lot of exercise. Why are my knees wore out? That's because of age.
3: Yeah. You know, yeah, Well, you've been walking, too. I mean, yeah. it's not just running, it's walking and yeah. you've been standing and gravity has been working against you, so keep in mind. The older those, you get, shorter
6: like, you get. Gravity's pulling on you all
3: the time. I have lost <laughs> over my sixty eight uh, i be sixty-eight in February. I've lost a half an inch. Sure, because you're shrinking, Dave. Well, it, you're all of those vertebrae are compacting in my sure. my, my spine. You Absolutely, know? I, I understand that. All right, we're going to get to more questions here in a moment. Eight two three zero nine six five is the number. Uh, We've got to get to Rush, because I know that if I didn't take Rush, I'd get a whole lot of calls immediately. So I don't want to do that. I want to just make sure that you hear what Rush has to say. He's coming up next here on the Dave Elswick Show. Tomorrow, Robert Steinbach will be with me. Chris Corbett will be with me. Uh, State Senator Dan Sullivan and at 730, Rob Nadelson will be with me, our con, our uh, constitutional scholar. He'll talk about the whole thing about impeachment for you tomorrow so you can understand, you know, what's going on is not constitutional. Twenty five minutes uh, to seven. We've got Joe on today to talk about your car. We like to keep your car running as long as we possibly can. But uh, P.I. Roofy wants to make sure that your roof stays together as long as you can as well. In fact, Joel Johnson, the owner, tells you because of the new warranties on a lot of the shingles, the the next roof you put on your house should almost be the last roof you've got to put on the house while you own it. So keep that in mind. Call them 707-3551. Find out why they're saying that. Make the next roof you put on your house be your last roof. 707-3551 or piroofing.com. All right, we've got Brian. He's out in Conway. Hey, Brian, how are you? Hey, Brian. I'm good this, good this morning, guys. How are you? We're Doing fantastic. Good. What uh, What is your problem? Well, I, I'm
0: not sure I've got a problem, but I've got a good question for you. Okay. Um, I've got a 2011 Silverado. Runs great. No problems with it. But it's it's got the motor in it that kicks in. It's got four cylinders that kick in and out.
6: That's yeah, active fuel management is what it's called.
0: So I've got 273,000 miles on it. Still runs like a champ. I love my truck. But I've been told that I could possibly buy a chip that could make it make all four cylinders run and that, that four not kick out like that. It's got a little bit of a shudder at times. Uh, Nothing bad, but it's got a little bit of a shutter to it. And I was just curious if that was a possibility to just convert to straight 8 all the time.
6: Yeah, you can go in there and you can do what they call a delete on it. Uh, As far as I know, there's no restrictions against that. It's a software issue. Uh, Actually, on the Internet, you can buy what they call an ALDO connector that'll do it. Uh, They sell them for the Dodges and sell them for the... GMs and you can order one it's usually about 200 bucks it's restricted to that vehicle and that vehicle only by the VIN number because you have to kind of set it up for that vehicle now if you take it out yeah. of that one and go put it in another one some of them depending on what kind of tuner or programmer you buy you have to go back in there and change the VIN in. some of them you just plug in the AODL you have a little L- a little LED light comes on and flashes it'll it'll stop it from using that particular part of the software And then in some cases, we can actually go in there with the tuner and delete that where it won't ask for it and won't call for it. And because that is the weak link in a lot of these valve trains on these engines is the active fuel management or the multiple cylinder displacement. Whoever designed it, the name of it is different, but it basically does the same thing. goes from eight cylinder to four cylinder when you're on the highway cruising. A lot of times you'll get a little bit of a hesitation and a dropout you're like 65 on the freeway and cruising you go to punch it down you're going to feel a hesitation because it's got to get those other four cylinders pumped back up again
3: yeah the suggestion is that if you go out and buy that piece let somebody who knows what they're doing take care of installing it like tom barkley up there by greenbrier with the bumper to bumper certified service station there
6: yeah, if you buy the, the one that plugs in the ALDL, you just read the instructions on it and plug it in. It's no big deal. If you want to go in there, if you don't want that in your ALDL where the LED light on, you're going to have to get somebody to go in there and to delete that program out of there, which it can be done. I'm sure Tom can do it or knows somebody that can. But the, the cost of deleting it's about 200 bucks versus buying the ALDL connector is still about 200 bucks. It's a $200 deal to get rid of it, basically.
0: Well, that's uh, that's a lot uh, better than what I had been told. I got a good friend that's uh, in the GM business, and his suggestion was sell it. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, well, right? if he's
6: selling trucks. He's probably wanting you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
7: Well,
0: I don't want to sell it. Thanks, yeah. guys. I appreciate the information. All right, You're very appreciate well. it. I'm Thank with
3: you. you. You know, sometimes you get a car or a truck that you like to drive and you like to drive it i I like my acadia i really like that car and when it's running the way it's supposed to you can't beat it just cruising down the highway i love it
6: yeah i I understand dave people get attached to their vehicles they get used to them they don't want something new uh you know and and you know there's going to come a time in every automobile's life it's time to say goodbye say goodbye to it because it'll (laughs) age out because there will be so many things on it, little things here and there that broke, and, and, and then it's cost-preventive to repair everything because you'll be spending more on it than what the vehicle's worth, and it's a never-ending story sometimes.
3: Yeah, you know, so, how much time do you want your car in the shop?
6: Yeah, and, and so yeah, I you, you got to make that. a call then, and, and like I said, you know, sometimes we try and help folks make those decisions, but ultimately it's their call. I'll do what everybody wants, you know.
3: As Joe would tell you, I don't take my car – on uh you know long trips of you know a thousand miles or something like that i i know that the car is you know going to be 11 years old so i rent a car and and drive those trips but even factoring that in i'm still coming out way ahead at sure. the end of the year
6: well you know uh, a, a lot of uh, if you take a thousand or two thousand mile trip on a, a car that has 10 15 20 years old if it's got a weak spot, there's a good chance it's going to show up on that trip, because it's it's very seldom that that car is driven at that extreme speed and mileage mm-hmm. for extended period of time. Most time, it's commuting back and forth to work, and what what wears and tears on it is different from what wears and tears on the highway at right. cruising speed. So, but if you got a little bit of a weak point there somewhere, it may show up on that trip, and then you're out of town, and you're having somebody having to work on it. That that you don't know. But if you are a customer of a bumper-to-bumper certified service center, you can always make a phone call and a 1-800 number, and they can find you the local bumper-to-bumper CSC wherever you're broke down at, Dave, and refer you to a shop they know that's going to give you quality work, and that two-year, 24,000-mile warranty comes back home with you when you come back home. So a shop here that your local shop you normally use, if it did have a problem, they could repair it here and take care of it, Dave.
3: Yeah, keep that in mind while you're out there. But I'm hoping I got a few more years before I got to say goodbye to, I got you. to my uh, Acadia. And and here's the key. I, I just paid it off. Yeah. You know, well, you I'm need to enjoy
6: it for several years. It's kind of sure. like
3: when you become an empty nester. Mm -hmm. you know there's some real benefits to being an empty nester yes you know monetarily i can't believe now that food bill boy (laughs) my food bill used to be eight a thousand eight hundred thousand dollars a month with my kids now that they're all gone i'm only paying 150 dollars a month for food it's really amazing what you're just a nibbler (laughs) what can i say just the way i am so a, I try, I'm trying to save myself money. Yep. All right. I got a question here from Henry. He's got a 2009 Ford F-250 Super Duty XL eight-cylinder 5.4-liter uh, truck. I'm going to say probably a work truck. Uh, PO191 code changing sensor didn't fix. Now what? Started no notice. It, I noticed it was losing power when accelerating to merge onto the highway. Notice this next time I drove it and check engine light came on. Code reader says it has a P0191 code, fuel rail pressure sensor. Tried replacing the sensor, but it changed nothing. What should I do next? The truck starts every time. No issues there. You only notice the issue when trying to pick up speed to merge onto the highway, for example, and or when climbing a hill. It really lags when climbing a hill. Any thoughts?
6: Yeah, I'm going to say probably it's a low fuel pressure problem. Uh, The sensor's not reading low. And, you know, um, you've got desired fuel pressure and you've got actual. And if they're out of sync, because when you accelerate, you're requiring more fuel because of acceleration. This Uh is the easiest way to explain it. And if your pump can't supply enough pressure and volume, the sensor is going to say, we're low, we're low, we're low. You're going to set a code for it. But it could just be a weak fuel pump, and the age of that vehicle says that it's probably, that's probably what it is. He's he's replaced the pressure sensor, so it's not it. It's probably not a circuit problem because you have a code for it saying it's too low. So basically going to have to do a fuel pressure test on it and, and a volume and see if the pump is weak, and most likely it is.
7: All right.
3: Joe has a twenty twelve by the way, we got these questions and people send in. If you call in at eight two three O nine six five, eight two three O nine six five, you go to the front of the class. We'll take your call on the air and talk to you directly and uh, and get what the question is that you have. So again, eight two three zero nine six five. Uh Joe Joe says he's got a twenty twelve Chrysler two hundred LX four cylinder two point four liter engine. Says my car has been having issues with cranking but not starting. After a few tries, it would start until this morning. The car wouldn't start it still cranks, but won't start. I've checked the fuel pump. It kicks on when I turn the ignition to the on position.
6: Well the age of that vehicle, and I'm going to tell you that one of the most common problems I have with it is a bad crankshaft position sensor. Now, what that sensor does, it, it tells the computer in the car the revolutions of that engine, but it also tells it where top dead center is. So it knows to, when to start the ignition and the fuel injection sequence to start the engine. Those, those particular vehicles, when they get aged like that, they have an issue with the crank sensor working and not working, it can be temperature-related, too. I've seen them where they'll fail when they get hot, and the engine will shut off, and you have to sit and wait. When it cools off, it'll start and run again.
3: I had an escort that did that consistently.
6: And I've seen them where in the morning, when it's cold, they won't work, but if you let out there, and you crank and crank and crank enough on it, pretty soon, the signal will come through, and boom, it'll start and run, and it'll run all day long till you shut off again and let it get cold again. So... From what I'm getting from what he's written and sent to us, Dave, I would be looking very close at the crank shaft position sensor. Now, a lot of times you won't get a code for that on a crank up, but sometimes you will. So you need to hook up to the AODL and go in there with a the scanner and you can check that crank sensor real quick with a scanner. All you got to do is crank the engine over and see if it shows RPMs. If it doesn't show any RPMs, it ain't going to
3: run, Dave. Yeah. And that's where you're No doubt about right that. there. That, that's that's Elemental Mechanics 101. All right. Let's take our break, and it uh, looks like we've got another caller coming in. We'll get to them right after the break. St. Clarity Res- uh, Residential Cleaning wants you to remind you that they're ready to come do a deep clean on your house. You can save your wife or your significant other or yourself doing all of that by calling 404 404 and le- letting St. Clarity Residential Cleaning uh, take care of it for you. Typically, a house of 1,500 square foot or less is $200. Uh, a large house between, you know, 1,500 and 2,500 is usually $300, unless you call 404 talk to Chuck after 9 o'clock, Tell them you want one of those certificates from one oh one one FM, The Answer, and the Dave Ellswick Show that they give you 50% off. $100 for a house up to 1,500 square foot, only 150 for a house that's up to 300 square foot. So save your wife or your whoever it is that does your cleaning and yourself or yourself uh, the hassle and let them do the deep cleaning for you. You'll be glad you did. That's St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. Call 404-6560 and get 50% off getting your house deep cleaned. All right, we've got nine minutes left here in the hour. Nine minutes left with Joe uh, Smart from Joe's Garage over Crystal Hills Road in North Little Rock. And uh, joining us is Jeff from North Little Rock. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hey,
2: Jeff. Hey, Dave, just fine. I sure appreciate your program. Thank you. And uh, I've got a question here on a 2004 Chrysler Concorde 27, and it runs fine. Uh, There's fuel fumes in the cabin when the engine warms up.
6: Fuel fumes in the cabin when the engine warms up. Uh Jimmy, If if you're getting fuel fumes in the cabin, there is a leak somewhere.
2: Uh, Do you see anything leaking
6: on the ground or anything?
2: No, nowhere, and nowhere on the engine.
6: And you're sure it's fuel fumes? It's not some yes. type of uh, odor coming through the A.C. vents or anything like that?
2: Oh, it's definitely coming through the A.C. vents, but I don't know how that's happening, and I just, it's the strangest thing.
6: Well, if it's coming through the A.C. vents, if it's actually fuel odor, like raw yes. gasoline smell, it's coming through the fresh air vent, which is up around the cowl, right underneath the hood, right by the windshield. That outside vent is right there. So you have probably got some type of fuel leak on that engine. And most likely, from the year-making model, you tell me it's probably going to be an injector leaking around the O-rings or where the fuel line, the fuel rail goes onto that injector. And it'll, it'll seep a little bit, but that, that engine, it gets real hot, and it cooks that uh, gasoline and that's where you get that raw vapor odor from. And if, if you have that uh, heat or A.C. on and it's fresh air, it's going to pull those up fumes right in there and blow them out the vents.
2: Well, I've checked it, and it's dry as a powder house.
6: Well, the only way you can have fuel vapors in the, in, in the passenger compartment is through the A.C. vents, or it'll come up through the back where the fuel tank is and it may be leaking on top of the tank. But for it to have fuel vapors, you've got a leak somewhere.
2: Well, uh, I guess I'll just have to bring it to you let you all take a look at it and see what the deal is there because it's, it's the strangest thing.
6: Well, I'd be happy but to I'm, look at it, you know, and see what's going on uh, if you'll just call the shop and talk to Stephanie and set up an appointment. Because sometimes a fuel can leak a small amount, and you'll never see it drip on the ground because it evaporates. And we, yeah, uh, we see leaks sometimes on the top of the fuel tank where the fuel pump goes in. And you can shut okay. it off and let it set, but you've got some, you know, possibility that the vapors are coming up from back there or underneath the hood in the engine compartment. But that's about the only two ways you
3: can get it in there.
2: Well, listen, I appreciate y'all's program, and God bless you. All Thank right. you. for so you
3: call. You. Yeah, get uh-huh. it over, take it over to Joe's Garage. Uh, call him What's the phone number? Seven
6: five three. Four six eight five. Talk to Steph. She'll make you appointment. We'll get it checked and see what's going
3: on. Yeah, they'll, they'll do a good job for you. Steph will take and hand you off over there uh, to a, a gentleman who will set you up an appointment. Yeah, she'll do it for you. Get it taken yep. care. Get, get taken care of. All right, we got six minutes. Get uh, I would say two minutes remaining that you can call in eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine six five. If you got a question, now's the time. Or you got to wait till next week to call. Now, if you got a big old eighteen wheeler, you might want to wait till next week. Yep. Duck, Duck will be back uh, next week to take your call. So uh, let's let's look at one more uh, question that's been sent. Well, we got a call coming in, so okay. this, this looks like it's going to be pretty quick. Mark has a 2011 Chevy Tahoe, eight cylinder, five point three liter, alt stop charging after about 50, 60 miles, and now it's all the time alternator drops off the battery voltage intermittently at first now stays on almost all the time
6: well it sounds to me like he's got an alternator going out dave
3: yeah it's it's giving yeah. up the ghost
6: it's it's not charging and and you'll lose power on one when the battery voltage gets low uh these are computer controlled cars you have to remember that and they don't work very well when the battery voltage gets below eight or nine volts they will just they'll start turning other components off so it can keep the engine running
3: all right Final question today. Here's Jay in Little Rock. Hi,
8: Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey, good morning, guys. This mine's not a question. I just want to make a comment. That's okay. okay. Sure, just sir. Just wanted to let. I just want to tell everybody that's listening. I use uh, Joe's garage. I'm not. I'm not paid to do this. But <laughs> I've taken. I've taken my wife's RX350, which is in gray, a new new vehicle. My Honda Accord, new vehicle, an old uh, Volkswagen uh, Dune buggy. And uh, I just started using Joe's long ago, and I will tell you that their rates are way cheaper than a dealership, and they have done everything for me. I mean, first class, and I've always been treated fairly, and you can ask them. The big thing about this place is that you can go in there, and there's no question that's a dumb question. You can ask them anything, and they'll stand there and tell you. The mechanic himself, Joe, all of his staff will tell you that, you know, exactly what's going on with your car so you don't have to worry about somebody you know giving you the, the run around on something to make, and paying too much so that's all i wanted to say i just wanted to just tell you that i listened to your program joe and you're awesome uh, good to hear good to hear your voice thank y'all, you, have a great, y'all have a great day thank thanks you thanks a
3: lot appreciate it well yeah. i've been using J- uh, jay i've been using joe's garage for 20 years i'm just telling you it, yeah. it, it's the place to go uh, I've used Duck a couple of times, too. His is a place to go. All of the the, the 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 service centers from bumper to bumper all work under the same code of ethics, and they they all will do what they do at Joe's. They'll stand there and talk to you and explain what's going down.
6: I would like to tell Jay thank you very much for calling in and saying that. In, in, in my business, a lot of times you don't get to hear the good stuff. You know, in today's <laughs> world, a lot of people – uh you know with social media and everything that goes on it, it it's it's and, and if you're if you're an automotive repair business and dave we've talked about this before folks have called in said they had it at another shop yeah and yeah didn't have been in com- there complaining about it and the first thing i ask him have you taken it back well no i said well you know that guy over there that did that where he don't know you're having trouble t- unless you let him know and go back and give him an opportunity to do the right to thing to fix
3: it yeah
6: but if you don't tell him they never know. So, and, and Jay, thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it.
3: But I will say, there are places you go where they work on your car, but then there's places like Joe's and Ducks and and uh, you know some of the other guys that you know, the, uh, who Kenneth and and Gary mm-hmm. and all the rest of them, they fix your car, and there's yes, a sir. big difference. Yes, there is. All right, Joe, thanks for coming in. Thank you, Dave. Always a pleasure. Tomorrow, 6 a.m., don't forget Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett, State Senator Dan Sullivan, and my constitutional scholar, uh, Nadelson, will be here. Professor Nadelson will be on. He'll talk about this whole impeachment thing. Is it constitutional? He'll give us the answer tomorrow. I'll guarantee it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. See you at 6 a.m.